Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered, episode 71. And today I am bringing you a doubleheader as I will be talking about both the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. Wasn't able to get up an episode yesterday, so I want to make it up to you guys. Uh, and we will be talking about both uh, the Celtics game from last night and then the Warriors game from two nights ago and kind of previewing their series tonight. So let's just hop straight into it. Let's not dilly dally around. Last night, Boston. After a horrible game three with 23, 24 turnovers, Brown and Tatum just not able to take care of the ball. They combined for 13 turnovers in that game, even though Jalen Brown had 40 points. They rebounded yet again. They are now 5-0 and after a loss in these playoffs. They tr- absolutely just ran over the Miami Heat 102-82. to This game was over within the first six minutes. They prevented Miami from scoring a basket for the first Nine or so minutes of the game, Heat starting out with an abysmal 0 of 14 from the field, did not hit their first field goal until 322 left in the game. It was 29 to 11 after the first quarter. Miami shot 4 of 20. 4 of 20. No, sorry. 3 of 20. They hit three shots. This is the number one seed in the East. You got Jimmy Butler, who was dropping 40 earlier in the series. Bam had 31 last night and an absolute no-show from Miami. And that just set the tone for the rest of the way. Boston was up 57-33 at halftime and they ran away with this one, winning by 20. Jason Tatum, he had a great bounce back game again. He only had 10 points in game three. Took a lot of slander from the media and Boston fans because just uh, a really bad performance by Tatum. But he established himself early in this game. He had 12 points in the first. Ended with 31 on 8 of 16 shooting. Great efficiency there. Derek White set the tone early. He had 10 points in the first quarter as well. He had 13 for the game. And then Jalen Brown, Grant Williams, uh, Peyton Pritchard each were in double figures. Jalen Brown didn't shoot the ball well. 5 of 20, but... He was aggressive, he was looking to score, and obviously that 40-point performance was uh, what kind of kept Boston in that game, even though they did not deserve to be at all with all of their uh, turnovers on offense. But when looking at Miami's side, Oladipo, another great game, 23 points. It was in Game 3, he really shined defensively. He showed some of his offensive capabilities this game. And I'll get to him a bit later on what his role should be, whether it should expand or not, because he's starting to look a bit more like the Victor Oladipo that we've been used to, uh, especially when he was in Indiana. I mean, I know the injuries kind of caught up to him, and uh, obviously on this Miami team, he's coming off the bench, but really impressed with how he's been playing recently. But what I'm not impressed about is the starters for Miami. 18 points for Miami starters the whole game. 18 points. I mean, an absolutely pathetic no-show. Jimmy Butler, 6 points, 3 of 14. He didn't even play in the fourth quarter. I don't think any of the starters did. Bam had 9. Kyle Lowry was 1 for 6. I mean, it it doesn't get worse than that. I'm looking at the box score. Max Strews, 0 of 7, minus 33. I mean, absolutely horrendous performance. I know he had 16 in Game 3, but Max Strews, only 15 minutes, just is not getting it done whatsoever, and P.J. Tucker didn't score either, but this is two games now in the series that Miami has just fell flat. They've gotten trounced out of the gate by Boston, and here we are. We have a 2-2 series. I mean, each game has had a 20-point lead. 
Who's going to win game five? I couldn't really tell you. It's so unpredictable. I don't know which team's going to show up. Who's going to play really well? Who's going to play really bad? I mean, it's this is the most wild uh, swing of scores and and uh, and leads that I've ever seen in, e- in an Eastern Conference Finals. A lot of this inconsistent play. Uh, and uh, again, just, you know, on, on one hand, Miami is just balling out on both ends of the floor. And then the next game, they can't hit a shot. So again, the game is over in the first quarter. No sense of urgency from Miami. Completely just looked like they took this game off. Who knows how Jimmy Butler's knee was feeling. Obviously, health is a big thing at this point because there's no Tyler Hero for Miami. There's no Marcus Smart as well for Boston. But uh, Jason Tatum returned to what we are used to because he's a superstar in this league and he showed it with those 31 points. But I want to stick with Miami for a little bit because, or to wrap up Boston's part, defensively, really, really impressive. Al Horford, I believe when he was the primary defender, Heat shot one of 12 when guarded by Horford. So he's done really good. And uh, this Horford-Williams front court lineup, it's a bigger lineup, but I kind of like it because I think it creates some problems for Miami defensively because obviously you put Bam on one of those guys, but then who do you put on the other? Do you put P.J. Tucker there and then put uh, Jimmy Butler on Tatum? Do you put Butler on a big guy? Uh, it kind of creates a little bit of a mismatch, plus they're able to dominate the boards with both of them out there. Kind of a, a I don't want to say coincidence, but when, when Robert Williams is on the floor, the Celtics team is a little bit different uh, and in, in, a, in a great way because, one, they're able to control the boards on both ends of the floor, and he protects the paint really well along with Horford's versatility on the outside. I think their defense is way, way better with Robert Williams, and that's even with Marcus Smart being out. So we obviously don't know his availability. He's pretty much day-to-day for the rest of the playoffs. But if he can play game five, that would be huge for Boston because I love what he's done in this series. He's really put his imprint uh, on the series on both ends of the floor. And Boston really needs that because, um, you know, with, with Brown having a bad shooting night this past game and you got Tatum with a bad shooting game in game three, Williams provides a little bit of consistency, uh, in a series that has been wildly inconsistent, like I mentioned. Um, but that, that's really what I, what I want to say about Boston. I thought Tatum played really well, hit some good shots. They got out to a lead early and they maintained it, but they really got it done on the defensive end, holding Miami to 33 points in the first half. So kudos to them. Uh, but yes, going to Miami because, I mean, this is this the teams uh, in this series for Miami are just are night and day, and I still think they're being pretty outplayed in these playoffs. Obviously, Game Three just completely just smothered Boston defensively. Oladipo again, fantastic in that series. They had 19 steals, which is a franchise record in the playoffs. But I, I think it's time for Miami to make some changes lineup wise. Max Struess, he's not, he's not it. I know he had a good game three, but he was horrendous yesterday. I don't think he can guard as well as people say he can. And then on the other hand, look at Victor Oladipo. So my proposition for, my, for Miami, put Victor Oladipo in the starting lineup next to Kyle Lowry. It gets you a more defensive-minded backcourt because that is Miami's bread and butter, but also he can actually create his own shot. Max Struess is a catch-and-shoot three guy. That is it, and when Boston has figured him out, they cover him well. They don't give him open looks. He is useless on the court. Maybe a slightly better defender than Duncan Robinson, but Robinson hit four threes yesterday. It'll be interesting to see if they bring him off the bench for a bit of a scoring spark because this Miami team just needs scoring, and I think the best way to do that 
especially starting out of the gate because this is now three out of the four games in this series that Miami has started off the game horribly. The starters have failed to set the tone uh, and get out to, or not even get out to a lead, just keep it a close game. So I think they should put Oladipo in the starting lineup. Hopefully Hero can come back for them uh, because he's huge off the bench. His impact was certainly missed because when they went to their bench, uh, one, this the game was already over, but uh, that scoring punch to potentially get him back in it, uh, Oladipo gave it to him, but no one else did. Uh, and then also, I think Kyle Lowry needs to look to score. He was so passive yesterday, and he, he does this sometimes where, because I've watched Lowry a lot over the years, but he was a lot of dribble, dribble drive penetrations, and he's looking to pass. He's not actually looking to score, and Boston knows that. Because of how selfless the Heat play, they always make the extra pass. Boston was actually accounting for those rotations. So Miami would actually pass up a pretty open shot for a shot that they were planning on to be more open. But Boston's rotations have been so sharp, especially in game four, that it just wasn't there. So when Kyle Lowry drives in, they are not expecting him to shoot the ball because they know he's looking for a pass outside for a three-pointer. So in that case, Lowry get to the hole. You know, I mean, it's obviously dumb to say go for the layup, but start start taking some shots. Try and get to the free throw line. Get your mid-range games uh, set up. They need him to score to win this series because right now Miami just does not have the offensive firepower that Boston has, and they can't keep up with them. So they need scoring from guys like Lowry because I know Jimmy Butler is going to shoot better than 3 of 14 next game, and Bam Adebayo... I mean, hopefully he can do better than nine points if you're a Miami fan, but they need another guy to step up scoring-wise. We've seen Lowry do it just two years ago in the bubble, and I think he's the X factor for Miami the rest of the series. If he doesn't score the ball much and he scores 10 points or below, Boston has this series. But overall, Celtics, great job keeping taking care of the ball. Another complete performance, just trouncing uh, the heat. And we're going back to South Beach for game five. Again, prediction-wise, no idea who's going to win. I don't even want to throw a name out there because I don't really know. But can we just please get a close game? Just one close game. Even when game three got kind of close at the end, but we knew Boston wasn't going to win it. They cut it to one, Jalen Brown's uh, big comeback. I mean, that was at least interesting. We needed... Good performances from both teams because, man, these Eastern Conference Finals have been somewhat of a snooze fest. So, that's my uh, analysis of the Eastern Conference Finals. 2-2 going back to Miami. Let's go to the West. Golden State, Sunday night, they played Dallas in Dallas and they took care of business going up for a commanding 3-0 lead, winning 109-100. to Steph Curry did his thing, 31 points. That is his seventh 30-plus point performance of the playoffs. Andrew Wiggins, another great game, uh, 27 points, had a monster poster on Luka Doncic. I mean, when they called it an offensive foul, I was just like, there's just no way. But he, you know, put the hammer down on Luka. Even Luka knew it after the fact once they, uh, I mean, Steve Kerr challenged it, rightfully so. And the uh, refs overturned the call, gave Wiggins the dunk, dunk of the playoffs so far. But even defensively, he's just been so solid. I know Luka had 40, but Wiggins' impact in this series, just me and Cole elaborated on it for that guest episode last Thursday. But we, I can't elaborate enough how important Wiggins is for this team. He's, that, he's a great two-way wing, and, you know, he's fitting so properly in his role. And I'm really happy for him because getting a lot of praise, it's fully deserved. 
uh, and he's doing really well. He's being truly successful uh, as a intr- instrumental role player for the Golden State Warriors as they are one win away from another NBA Finals. Klay Thompson had 19 points. Uh, there were five uh, Warriors in double figures. Jordan Poole obviously hit the dagger three uh, with about a minute to go to seal the deal. Uh, like I said, Luka Doncic, 40 points. Dinwiddie, 26 points. Brunson had 20. The three guards they've shown up in these playoffs, mad props to them because they have uh, certainly kept Dallas's offense afloat because you've got guys like Reggie Bullock, Reggie Bullock, I should say, and Maxi Kleba, 0 of 15 from the field in a combined 65 minutes. Did not score a single point. Kleba looked scared to shoot. And Bullock was firing away, but in 40 minutes of play, he couldn't hit the side of a barn. He was horrendous. And I think this just goes to show uh, the, the difference in wing players in their scoring capabilities. Dallas has guys like Dorian Finney-Smith, Bullock, Kleba. They are catch-and-shoot guys. You know, Luka can create them good shots, and it's a good offense. It works. It clearly got them this far, but... They can't put the ball on the floor and create their own shot. The, I mean, they don't have like a Chris Middleton who can, you know, you just give him the ball, he can ISO, go create their own shot. Those wings for Dallas can't do that. And I think that's the problem right now because their guards can do it. But again, their guards, they're a little smaller. Uh, obviously, Luka's having success with it because he's Luka. I mean, top five player in the league at least, but... I think they're 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 missing that wing guy who can kind of create his own shot, kind of like Andrew Wiggins can. And then they're also missing some rim protection because they're getting out rebounded in this series, out hustled. Uh, they got out rebounded forty seven to thirty three in this game. Fourteen offensive rebounds for the Golden State Warriors. You can't make those mistakes. You can't allow that to happen when playing Golden State because Golden State just has too many weapons on the court. Too many guys that can knock down a three. Too many guys that can create their own shot. And we've seen it in all three of these games. And I said after game one, I don't think Dallas can guard Golden State. And as we kind of saw, I don't really think they've, they they can. Steph Curry's getting what he wants. Clay Thompson hit some big shots in the fourth quarter. And you are, are allowing these shots off of things like offensive rebounds. I think that you played all right defensively in game three. But it comes down to just hitting shots. And they're just not doing that. These role players for Dallas that were so good against Phoenix, Dorian Finney-Smith had a 24-point performance in one of the games against the Suns. I mean, he hasn't shot the ball particularly well. He's not even shooting much because Golden State's doing a good job getting these contests up. But I think that's the difference for Dallas and Golden State. They have guys who can score, but in different ways. You can put the ball in in Jordan Poole's hands, and he's going to go create a shot. How many guys can you say that about Dallas aside from Dinwiddie, Brunson, and Luka? It's been those three guys in this whole series. They have no presence in the front court as far as I've seen. And because of that, they are down 3-0 on the brink of elimination. And me personally, I think it ends tonight. I think Golden State's going to complete the sweep. I mean, it's just a deflating uh, game for Dallas as you know they're trying to fight back. Golden State just... Staying ahead with that 9-12 to 12 point lead. And Dallas just couldn't cut it. They couldn't cut it to 4 or 6. They couldn't really... They cut 6 one time actually. But they just... I think they're just lacking a couple tools offensively and in the paint. 
to compete with with Golden State. And Kavon Looney, he's had a really, really solid series. He's doing a great job on the boards, great job defensively. You know, Dallas thought they could take advantage of Looney. He's held his own. I think that's really important for Golden State uh, because, I mean, when they get to the finals, they're going to have to be switching on a lot of things probably because, you know, if they play their death lineup, they got Poole. They got Clay and Steph on the court, and Looney's definitely be put in some switch situations. But I love the way he's been playing. Uh, I think he had 21 points in Game Two, a career high. So uh, that that's the thing. Golden State just has too many weapons for Dallas to handle, and Dallas just can't guard all of them at once. And that's what makes Golden State so so dangerous. Is that you just don't know who's gonna go off and who's gonna start nailing shots. And um, yeah, I think it ends for Dallas tonight. Now, if they do win. I think it goes back to the Bay, and Gold State wins in five at most. If this gets extended to six, I will be shocked. But I was also shocked that Dallas was able to beat Phoenix after being down 2-0, so you never know. But again, I'm going to go with Golden State finishing out the series sweep. And if this is the end for Dallas, I mean, it's been a really good season for them. Completely, you know, exceeded expectations, but... Again, they're just missing a couple pieces. And in the Phoenix series, they shot the ball really well. They're not shooting it that well. Against Golden State in Game 3, I mean, they shot, what, 29% from 3? And you got to give Golden State credit for that because they're doing a good job consisting shots at the 3-point line, running them off the 3-point line. But it's really just Dallas missing shots. And they're getting good looks. Lucas uh, setting them up pretty nice, but they're just not hitting the three-pointers that they hit in the last series. And that can happen in the playoffs uh, when you live or die by the three. You just got to rely on your shots falling. And unfortunately for Dallas, they are going to die by the three-point shot because, again, they're not really getting it done. It's only the guards that are doing uh, a majority of the scoring. So, again, Golden State. Looking to advance to an NBA Finals yet again tonight. Looking to finish off the job. Game time, I believe, is at 9 o'clock, like it has been for the whole series. And if Golden State does win tonight, which, again, I am predicting, but uh, a complete retooling, uh, a reloading, you could call it, which is funny because they used D'Angelo Russell, or deloading as people like to call him on the streets. Uh, They used him as that chip to get uh, Andrew Wiggins, but uh, a true testament to a championship culture and a a championship mentality in Golden State because Clay coming back from two devastating injuries, Steph Curry losing two games in a row to not make the play-in tournament last year, Wiggins trying to fight a narrative that he was a bust pretty much, that he didn't reach the expectations of a number one seed, and then just the questions of would Golden State ever be back to this stage, and funny enough, I'm actually happy for him. I'm actually rooting for them kind of as much as I had a root against them because the Raptors beat them uh, in the finals just three years ago. But I think it's a really good turnaround. Steve Kerr, got to give him a lot of props. He has used this roster really, really well. All the pieces fit. I mean, another piece, I mean, Otto Porter, he got injured last game, but he's done such a good job uh, coming off the bench. He's played really well. Hopefully they can get him back for the finals. I assume he probably won't play tonight if the injury is somewhat severe. But yeah, Golden State is back. And they are one win away from the NBA Finals. But I'll have to see how they do tonight. Will they be able to wrap it up? Again, got to check it out tonight. And I will be talking about that game tomorrow. Uh, and that'll wrap up today's episode of 125 Unfilters. Hopefully you enjoyed this doubleheader of me talking about two games at once. Kind of makes for a more full, complete episode. 
again tomorrow. I will get you guys that recap. Uh, and and for scheduling purposes for the rest of the way, look for three days a week. I would say I did a little marathon last week to fully get back into it, but uh, I've got a bit got some work to do over the summer, so uh, I I will be trying to figure out the best days for me to do that. So stay tuned for that. But thank you so much for listening, and I'll speak to you next time.